some business obligations uh, in Bulgaria, of all places. So hopefully he'll be getting us a few new listeners and uh, readers out there. You can check us out online at sknr.net. You can check out our content and uh, provide your own at skewednet.net. And each week you can catch me on pinalcentral.com, which is the uh, webpage portal for the uh, eight newspapers that we uh, provide content to. Each week I can also be found in um, on KSWFM, KSW.com, on BJ Shea's Geek Nation. And, of course, we have our quarterly uh, magazine, which... Uh, has all the latest and greatest in news, video games, so on and so forth. So, uh, here we are in the week following San Diego Comic-Con. It tends to be a little quieter uh, because, namely, a lot of people are in recovery mode after such an intense convention. Uh, we're still a couple weeks away from QuakeCon. We'll be discussing that next week. We know we have Gen Con going on. And then, of course, you are getting into PAX West, Paris Games Week, Gamescom and and several others. So we're going to be getting a lot of games news. But with that, we're going to take a little bit of gaming news and we're going to take a lot of television and movie news that has been breaking down this week. And uh, so we'll start with that. So first off, let's have a look at uh, some of the more interesting stories. First off, uh, The Meg, which is the film about the giant prehistoric shark with Jason Statham has had some early reviews come in. They have all been positive, and people have said it's basically the big, silly, fun, over-the-top action adventure you expect it to be. We get to see it in about a week in IMAX. Really looking forward to that. And so, Justin, what is your take on this? Uh, yeah, you know, I uh, the more I see about it, the more uh, I think it, you know, it's worth it looks worthwhile just because it, it does look fun. You know, it looks a little silly, but. Um, you know, it seems like they're leaning into that quite a bit, uh, but you know, I'm actually I'm pretty excited for it just because uh, that's what really blockbusters are are there for is you know something fun that you can kind of just go in and just have fun for a couple hours. Um, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to it. And there's several books in the series. The new one has just come out, and there are, supposedly there's already another one planned for next year. So what I'm kind of looking at is. I would love to see a franchise, especially this thing was stuck in Hollywood developmental hell for over a decade. And, you know, it, it was nice to see. And then it was coming out, you know, last year and then they pushed it back to this year. And so it's, I think, really rewarding to see that it looks like everything is uh, going the way that it was intended to go, that it wasn't rushed, that they've had extra time to do the film right. And I, I really hope people come out for this because I'd certainly love to see them. I definitely think there is a viable market out there for giant shark franchises. So many of them have been relegated to television and direct-to-video of late, and I would just really love to be able to have a cinematic franchise that we could really say, okay, because, you know, we had 47 meters down, but I, I saw that originally on DVD under another title before the rights were sold. And the last really decent cinematic one that we had was The Shallows and so, you know, I, I would love to see a real franchise moving forward, especially um, you know, something scary moving away from the camp of the Sharknado franchises and such so just not too much longer we'll be able to find out. Now, speaking of camp, uh, we've got some information coming out that um, 
there's going to be some very interesting changes ahead for Netflix. Now, as of now, they're uh, recovering from Orange is the New Black and uh, recovering in a good way because that came out. And I know a lot of people have streamed through the uh, new season. And if not, it is available. They also have the new film out called Extinction with Michael Pena, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. But uh, Netflix has not been quiet, and they've announced uh, that Altered Carbon is getting a second season with Anthony Mackie, who you would know as the Falcon from the Captain America and the Avenger films, taking over as the new lead player. So what is your take on this, Justin? Uh, I think, you know, it, it looks like it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Um, you know, great casting choices, I, I will say that. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about it is they were very smart, for those of you who have not had a chance to watch the show. It's set in the future where essentially your entire conscience and identity can be downloaded onto this disc that you essentially keep uh, in your neck through an implant. And the idea is that should you have a catastrophic accident, illness, death, whatever they can remove it and put you into a new body. Now, of course, this has become uh, an interesting social economical uh, play because, you know, the average person, when they're brought back, can come back in anything from a little girl to a really old person, or you could come back as you, you used to be male, you could come back as female, so on and so forth. The wealthier people have multiple clones of their bodies, so they can always do this. And, of course, you find out there's all sorts of really underground kink and weird things that go on with that but it was a very dark and interesting uh show and they had always said that the lead may not be back next year because he himself had been through other bodies during his time so it'll be interesting to see how they play this out because essentially i think that was always the possibility was that the lead could change as the series went forward to constantly make it fresh and give different actors and even actresses uh, interpretations on the character. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, another thing that we wanted to make sure that we talked about this week is, uh, before I forget, we are going to be apparently having Black Ops 4 beta codes for PS4 available. Just keep an eye on the site at sknr.net. And uh, we will have those uh, the information up as soon as we get the final confirmation. We were just uh, told at San Diego Comic-Con when we went to the panel that we would be given some. And then we were told uh, that we'd be given some to give out. And I was recently contacted about, you know, am I going to be playing it on the PS4 since I play on the PC? And I said, you know, I'll, I'll take a shot at both because it is scheduled to go online in a week. And uh, the PC and the Xbox One will follow it. Okay, so uh, other things. Uh, we've been hearing news that the Dennis Villanueva version of Dune is going to be indeed filmed as a two-parter. Justin, do you have a take on uh, if this is a good idea or a bad idea? Uh, you know, I, I think it actually is a good idea just because of the amount of content that uh, that is there. Um, you know... It, the difficult thing is trying to find a a good place to kind of split that into into two uh, into two titles, basically. But um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's definitely got a huge amount of potential. 
Yeah, I definitely think you're right. And so we'll definitely see what comes of that. Now, another thing I wanted to mention is that we, last week, uh, my wife and I covered the uh, Supergirl panel, amongst others, at San Diego Comic-Con, and we got a look at the upcoming new season. Well, now we've heard news that Rona Mitra, who was last seen in The Last Ship, is set to be uh, cast in a reoccurring role as Mercy Graves. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with Mercy Graves, and truthfully, I had to look this one up, uh, Mercy Graves is Lex Luthor's longtime bodyguard. Now, um, Robert Baker, who is in the Santa Clarita Clarita Diet on Netflix, is also going to be playing Mercy's brother, Otis Graves. Now, where it gets interesting is Mercy is an ex-Cadmus agent who's always believed... Uh, that humans are, you know, exceptional. And um, it's very interesting how they're going to play this out because in the Supergirl television universe, we've never met Lex Luthor. All we know is that he's in prison. We've met Superman. We know that Lex's mother, Lillian, uh, was definitely a villain, and she's also been incarcerated. And so we've had uh, the adopted Luthor... um, running the the company and she's friends with Kara but starting to be a little on the outs with Supergirl doesn't necessarily hasn't quite figured out at least that we think that Kara and Supergirl are one and the same so uh, it's very interesting and then it's essentially when I first saw this my first thought was okay are we going to be paving the way for an uh, appearance from Lex Luthor in the future, so that is something definitely to keep an eye on. I know Justin does not watch the uh, show as of yet. I've tried to mention it uh, to him, but like I said, there's only so much stuff that people have time to watch, and I know it's on his list of things to get to. But uh, so we're, we're going to spare him the chance for a comment on that one. But I do want to ask you, Justin, about this Predator news that they're back in reshoots again. So what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so uh, cutting it a little close there. Uh, I guess this, you know, came out just the other day that um, they're going back in for some very minor reshoots. Um, you know, it, it, I guess the reshoots only lasted like two days, so pretty much indicates that maybe it's touching one scene, maybe two scenes. Um, you know, there's some speculation that this might be like a post-credit scene that might like. Uh, some people are speculating that this might be like the cameo from uh, Arnold that maybe they couldn't get his get him in the schedule earlier and maybe they just found a way to fit him in just now and they're just shooting the scene quick but it is kind of odd that it's so close to I mean obviously the, the movie is like definitely an editing phase right um, because of how close this is uh, so I can see why you know I've been seeing some of the comments of people very concerned especially because you know the earlier reports of pretty extensive reshoots uh you know earlier uh in the year uh some people are kind of taking this the, the wrong way saying you know this is a bad sign maybe you know people are up up in the producers chairs are arguing back and forth and they're you know trying to salvage a salvage a movie that um you know has issues and th- that's sort of the narrative that people are kind of that are that is kind of going around right now but i, I don't really think there's much concern there like like I said, these are very minor reshoots, um, and you know, reshoots do happen all the time in Hollywood. The, the one thing that is odd is just how close this is. I, I'm, I think that is relatively rare. Like I, I usually don't see movies go in for reshoots uh, this close to release, but um, 
you know, I still think the movie looks great, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see, um, you know, what uh, what's going on with that in just a couple months. Yeah, I think the fact that it was a shorter reshoot is very good because it could be a simple fact of that they were editing something, as you know, where they reshot the last third of the film. They may have looked at it and said, you know what, let's add in an extra scene or two to add a little better flow. As you mentioned, it may be a post-credit scene, it could be a cameo, or it could be something as uh, relevant as how, how did we miss that because that was in the film and that tied in with the original cut but doesn't tie in with the reshoot so we're going to need to take that out and put in you know that that's what happens when they start editing and cutting the film sometimes they look at things and it could be something as pathetically simple as all right they're in a bus here and all of a sudden they're in the lab so we better shoot a scene of the bus arriving and then walking off to make it you know have a flow so people go they got on the bus and all of a sudden they're walking around the lab, you know, or uh, middle of an action scene. Hey, how did that guy get that gun when he didn't have that in the earlier scene? Well, let's have a scene of him picking it up, you know. Could be just something that simple, so we'll, we'll see. But definitely one that's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on. Now, let's talk about the big news of the week, and this would be the... Uh, Fox and Disney Friday morning formally uh, finalized their purchase. It will take into early next year for you know it to be completely finalized. But from what I understand, the government uh, sign-off's already been done. They've agreed to it. The purchase is done, and now Disney can start uh, the very. I would. I think it's probably complex, but I think it's also very safe to say that even before they made the overtures to start the purchase process, they had plans in place. What do you think are the steps ahead for Disney, and uh, what do you think perhaps the big challenges are, Justin? Um, so I think we won't actually see a lot of changes right away. You know, um, I think the big, the next steps forward, uh, you know, just with any big uh, company acquisition, especially one of this size, um the company that's acquiring is going to spend a whole lot of time learning uh, the ins and outs of the company they've acquired. So um, my guess is that Disney producers are going to be going through each project and you know each studio uh, pretty meticulously over the next probably several months and um, kind of evaluating you know the current projects and, and things like that and the current staff. Um, the challenge, I think, for Disney going forward is that Fox is such a huge um, entertainment company that they've, you know, that they've just acquired. That um, you know, they have a lot. They have a lot of assets. They have a lot of IPs. They have a lot of projects that are even in development still. And you know, even even one example, you know, what does Disney do with uh, the X Men franchise, for instance, um, or what does Disney do with some of these more um, mature, you know, R-rated franchises. Like, you know, I'm very, very keen and interested, obviously, in the uh, Alien vs. Predator and Alien and Predator franchises. So I'm I'm going to be watching what Disney does with, with those franchises because those, those franchises don't really seem very Disney-esque. Um, anyway, I know we've talked about it before. Disney has produced R-rated content before under different, you know, sub-studios. So I'm... I don't. I don't think like you know they're just going to shutter everything that Fox has, including Alien Predator. That's mature. 
but uh, mm-hmm. but I am curious to see what Disney's approach is going to be, especially because um, Fox has been pretty involved with um, you know a, a, a new approach to Alien, um, and obviously just uh, the Shane Black Predator movie. Uh, they've these two franchises have been pretty active. So I'm curious to see how uh, Disney approaches that, especially being an R-rated uh, affair. But yeah. uh, that's going to be the major challenge for them. And see, I think it, for me, what I, I think the big question is going to be, you obviously have to take care of your own businesses, and I know that that's there. So now you have all this new content, and they have things that they have to do. Like, for example, they have to divest themselves of the uh, various local Fox sports stations they acquired in the deal because that was the one thing the government said they had to do to avoid antitrust issues because of the ownership of ESPN. They couldn't have a situation where in certain markets they essentially own the Fox affiliate and the ESPN affiliate for sports because that would essentially give them a monopoly on all sports content in those markets, uh, you know, not counting what's over the air, but cable thing. And, and that's, that's fine. And, um, you know, naturally, you have to look at things. We've heard rumors that the younger, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, Mur- Murdoch, Jack Murdoch, is going to be possibly having a position in uh, the company to oversee, you know, help oversee the Fox things. And, you know, the, the, the big thing that I'm trying to figure out is I, I'm guessing they're probably going to treat this in a way similar to Marvel, similar to Lucasfilm in that, you're going to have one person who oversees, like Fox Film, one person oversees Fox Television, but they'll report to probably Bob Iger, who is the head of the film division and that sort of thing, similar to how you have Kevin Feige, Kathleen Kennedy. They run their own divisions, but they report in to the main person, and I think that'll probably help. But, you know, the big thing is... You know, and again, I keep, I'm pretty sure Disney's got this all planned. They don't do things halfway. You've got a ridiculous amount of content now. And they have to sit there and probably decide okay, how do we incorporate these new characters into the Marvel Universe? What do we do with things like Die Hard, Alien, Predator? We already know Avatar films are on the way, so at least that's set. But, you know, do you kind of take a hands off on what's already done nearly done or in completion or is it time for them to step in and say eh, eh, hold on and then you forget things like ice age are now part of the mix for them uh you have to go through this enormous catalog and say you know what's getting a remake what's getting a sequel what's getting shelved what's getting um you know expanded on what might get a spinoff and this is going to take several years to to play out and i think you know, the temptation might be to go in and say, okay, let's do an alien film, let's do a Predator film, let's do um, a new Die Hard film, and let's get all the A-level titles out there, see how they play out, and based on the response we get, that'll decide where we are going forward. But now, the big thing that people forget is a huge chunk of this deal was the streaming service. Now, Disney's got Disney Consumer Direct coming next year. We already know things like Clone Wars, like the live-action Star Wars series, new Marvel content and such is coming there. But now they have to look at things like what's going to happen with their big share in Hulu. They've got the Sky Network part. They've got the big part of the overseas, um, the India 
I think um, I think it's called Star, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, satellite service. So there are a lot of stuff, and I, I, you know, what Justin? Here's the thought. I don't get the impression that any of this outside of the previously discussed sports thing are things that Disney bought to sell off to the highest bidder. I think they very much intend to keep all of this. What do you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, I think some things might get sold, but for the most part, you know, we talked in the past about uh, Disney launching their own streaming service and all these different companies are launching their own streaming services. Mm-hmm. And we always come back to the same point that the thing that um, is going to make or break a lot of these streaming services is how much exclusive content there is. You know, what's going to stop people from, you know, for the one show that they want to watch, just buying it for the month or two that it airs and then uh, just canceling it. But with, with all of Fox's IPs, I mean, you're, you're talking about a giant catalog of Fox movies. And then, you know, if they really want to, uh, you know, if they really want to dump in a ton of uh, ton of money into this streaming service, they could they could very easily launch uh, like an alien uh, television show that's like sp- like exclusive to this Disney platform, or you know, a cartoon show like that we talked about, like an animated some sort of animated feature. It would be perfect for that kind of thing. Or you know, there's a ton of different options now. Um, you know, with just what they had before. Disney's a huge company, but even that, like, just having, like, the Star Wars content and the Marvel content, I was still iffy on, and eh, would I really spend monthly on another streaming service for just those, I mean, I, I love Star Wars and, and Marvel just as the next person, but I've, I've been asking that question to myself, would I spend monthly for another streaming service for just, a, a, like, a handful of exclusive uh, IPs, but now with Fox, like, they have a giant plethora of uh of of ips to choose from so i think yeah, and, i think they're going to keep a, a hold on most of this stuff and i think it's only going to get even crazier because like we talked about at comic-con cbs all access is is moving forward with star trek discovery season two we've heard rumors of other star trek shows we know about uh, tell me a story which is a new show from kevin williams who did the scream series we know that dc has got their new streaming service Everybody's going this way because I think the the advantage is it gives you total freedom. You know, like they were saying, we don't have to shy away from blood, sex, and language in the show. We're not going to go out of the way to throw it in just because we can, but if it's there, there's no longer the need to throttle back. So it'll be very interesting to see what they have going forward. This is definitely going to be a long um Process, but I think as we keep getting closer and closer, uh, I could definitely think the D23 Expo next year is going to be absolutely off the hook. And uh, I am sure the Star Wars celebration. And Justin, we're going to end it on that. Let's talk about Star Wars. We had some Episode 9 casting news the other day. Uh, surprises, not surprises. What, what was your take on this? Uh, so we we confirmed a couple things. So we confirmed that uh, Lando will be reprising his role. Billy Dee Williams, Williamson will be reprising his role, role as Lando. Um, and um, we also confirmed that Mark Hamill will be back. That that one is in, it was a surprise to some people given how uh, episode eight went. But um, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. I was sort of expecting that, and I'm kind of curious. That's probably the biggest thing I'm very curious about is to see what his role. 
will be, and I'm hoping it's more than just, you know, he shows up as a force ghost to give some sort of sagely advice. I, I really hope that he has some sort of active role, uh, because that, I think that would be a lot more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the other big surprise was that Carrie Fisher has been cast again. Um, and it appears that the way that they will be handling that is by using footage that they, they shot for the force awakens. Um, that was unused, which I think that's probably the best possible way they could deal with this situation. Um, you know, there was talk of maybe using like CGI or, um, you know, maybe just, uh, having her, her go away off screen or something and just not really deal with it. But I think, uh, I, I trust that they, they've kind of, they have enough footage that they did not use that they can kind of do this in a graceful way that, um, you know, I'm very curious to see how that goes as well. Yeah, and you know, and the other thing too is we've heard rumors that uh, George Lucas is basically possibly advising or polishing up the script with Abrams. We've heard stories about well, not we haven't heard stories, but you know they've talked about um, new characters, and we've got um, Naomi. Aki, I hope I'm saying it right, and Richard E. Grant are joining the cast. No idea what they're going, who they're going to be playing. I'm sure we're going to get new casting things. And the other thing that is really interesting to me is everyone said, where's Gwendolyn Christie? You know, uh, Phasma has a habit of popping back and again and again and again. Is she truly out this time? So we will see. That might be one of those things that comes up down the road. And we've also got the, you know, the other interesting story about Lupita Nyong'o having a much larger role this time out. So a lot of interesting things. Well, Justin, for a slow news week, I definitely think we found plenty of topics, thanks to the TV side of things and movies. So uh, next week we'll have Michael back, assuming everything uh, goes as planned, but it should. And until then, everybody take care, and we'll talk to you soon.